Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Healthy Perspectives Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. Today I'm joined with Kieran, another creative at the agency and a member of the Emerging Digital Group. Kieran, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks, Jamie. I, I'm super excited to be here. I'm a big podcast fan in general, and uh, in particularly of the Healthy Perspectives Podcast. Today we're going to be talking with a partner of ours, Pipestream, specifically their uh, CEO, Richard Smullen. And we're going to dig into the whole trend towards conversational interfaces and messaging and how chatbots are invading the healthcare space. So yeah, let's get into it. Here's our conversation. Enjoy. Thanks for having me here, guys. I run a company called Pipestream. And it's a company that has developed an advanced messaging and chatbot platform. It's a very enterprise-heavy platform. There's a lot of functionality. There's a lot of technology that we've included in it. And we focus on regulated industries. So pharmaceutical, healthcare, as well as cable, government, and telco. And growing really quickly. So for some of our listeners that don't know what chatbots are, how would you describe them? A chatbot is a term that is being used pretty aggressively now through multiple markets. It seems like that term's been around for a decade. In actual fact, it's been around for just under 18 months. A chatbot is really a robot, so a machine that chats with you. So it's a good bot. There are also bad bots out there. There's bad bots that pretend they're people on a website and refresh the pages to display advertising as much as possible so that brands are billed for that. Those are bad bots. A chat bot is a bot that is programmed to chat with you. So you could theoretically go onto Facebook Messenger, find a brand there, and chat to the brand, but it's not a human on the other end. It's a chat bot. Our chat bots, we call them industrial bots, so machines that directly integrate into the back end of a business. And our bots, our robots, are programmed to go into there and extract relevant information from those systems and display them to the customer as if they're having a chat. So it can go back and forth in a conversational type of instance, which makes it a lot more fluid, makes it a lot more engaging. And the bot's always there. So you have this idea that on your time, anywhere, everywhere, is a term that we're starting to use more, more and more, is whenever the consumer wants to have the interaction with the business and therefore the robot, they can do it wherever they are, whenever they want to. Can you give me just sort of the quick hit elevator pitch for when you started the company, what was the opportunity or the need that you saw you could meet, um, you know, ag agnostic of industry, just in, from a human behavior and how people are looking to interact with businesses and brands? Absolutely. Well, some of the greatest businesses are those that are started to solve a consumer challenge or consumer problem. And I started this as a consumer. And the challenge or the resolution or solution I wanted for myself was to not need to phone a business anymore. In the particular instance that brought me to a boiling point or, or breaking point was just being put on hold with an airline and transferred back and forth and just deciding that that experience is not one that I should have to settle for if I know that messaging is available and if I could message like I do with my family and friends whenever I want to and the entire conversation's there whenever I come back to it, they're always there whenever I reach out to them and it just feels like it's continuous. I wanted that experience with businesses and with brands 
and I wanted that experience on my mobile phone and I wanted it to happen in a very secure and a very safe kind of way because I'm very sensitive to data and payment and know what happens when data or personal information is mistreated. And that presented the opportunity to create something that would give that messaging experience, but in a very safe, a very regulated type of environment where I could be totally transparent and open in this communication because I knew that the endpoint was trusted and between me and the endpoint, everything was encrypted. And I wanted that. And consumers, I think, are getting more and more aware of the challenges with data being compromised. We see a lot of these different situations arising around. So the overall market is maturing. Consumers want this. But again, it was just a simple need. I didn't want to phone a business anymore. Can you give us some examples of these alternate conversations that you find successful? The best chatbots are the ones that provide utility. Utility is anything that is of value to you. So cost-saving, time-saving, entertainment value improvement, and making the most of you know, your time as a, as a consumer. We've seen high rates of failure with bots that were created for just frivolous consumer conversations, and rightly so. What we've seen is when you need information, when you need to change something, when you need to fix something, when you need to find something, those are the bots that are valuable and those are the ones that work. If you are looking to get some pharmaceuticals and there's a question around a contraindication or a place to purchase the pharma or the the medication, then you use the bot. It's important and it's valuable and that's the utility value. So we actually have something internally that we've developed which is a utility matrix and we plot use cases on the matrix to see how valuable and how important they are to the audience member who's using them and if they aren't that important we actually don't develop them yeah i think that's a good point i think what's sort of made bots or these types of interfaces successful is the focus that they have that grounded utility so to speak to effectively deliver on the needs of the consumer um It's exciting that we're sort of partnering on some ventures specifically with some of the pharma companies that we work with. I know you guys have experience in the healthcare space. What to you is sort of exciting about partnering with pharma companies, healthcare companies to kind of bring this technology to bear for them and their customers? So this idea that a conversation can be had between a patient or a consumer and either a pharmaceutical company or a drug brand, which is obviously going to be around utility. No one's going to talk to a headache pill brand just for the sake of it, but they're going to ask questions about dosage and is it okay to have after a certain food or at a certain time of the day. And that's information that the cognitive load around getting it before a bot would have been phone a call center from the drug company and ask them or go look in the bathroom in the cupboard with the drugs if there's a a leaflet there and see if that gives the instructions it's just too much so transitioning that to oh i can just open my phone and open up a chat with the drug and ask it these questions and i have the answer immediately is just a whole new way to engage and a whole new way to bridge this gap and bring the brands much closer to the consumers And that can apply to asking uh, hospital questions. It can apply to asking medical expert questions. And that's now being brought into the pharmaceutical world. That's really exciting for us 
to be pioneering with you guys this idea that we're bringing pharma and drugs or information relating to them into the palms of consumers' hands to help them better medicate, better adhere to what these drugs are meant to do and how they're meant to work is very exciting for us and something we're very committed to. So the example that you just mentioned was is very general to a drug. So what happens when it starts to get a little bit more specific? How do you deal with that sort of thing in a very highly regulated industry? Bots are initially man-made. They're programmed, they're robots, they're software. And the programmer or the provider of the bots can design the bots in any way that they want to. In an environment where the bot needs to be very specific and there is recourse against what the bot's saying because it may be around dosage or it may be around prognosis or something that someone then takes literally and acts accordingly, there are a lot of rules and regulations to govern that. And firstly, with regards to pharma, HIPAA is very important and being HIPAA compliant and adhering to the privacy and the legislation around HIPAA. But chatbot is software, so it has to sit on a HIPAA-compliant system, and it has to be programmed in a HIPAA-compliant way. So our bots won't diagnose, they won't prescribe, unless they're programmed to, which would be a next level, but that would need to be allowed by regulators. So we make sure that we can do as much as what's allowed And there's a lot that's allowed within the confines of compliance, and we take full advantage of that. What do you see in terms of, aside from efficiency, how can bots kind of enhance patient experience with their healthcare? Well, there's a few things. Firstly, no one's phoning a pharma call center whilst they're having a happy stroll on the beach with a friend or doing something lighthearted and fun. The chances are they're anxious, stressed, probably feeling worried about something. And to now have to deal with someone who you have to potentially repeat yourself to, there's language barriers you get disconnected from, enhances that stress and amplifies it. Knowing that the other end of the conversation is there whenever you want it, anywhere, everywhere, just brings down the stress and anxiety level. The conversation's conducted according to me. The nice thing about bots is that and specifically how Pipestream programs them, the bots talk to different people different ways. So before we go live, we do a user persona program with clients, and we say, who are the users of your drugs? What are their personalities? What do they think? What do they do? What do they want? What do they need? And we sometimes can do a dozen different personas, and we program the bots to deliver their conversation and the content in different ways to these different personas. So it's very personalized, and that's really important. And then I guess another important point is we've got some pharma clients who wanted to have a call center, but they couldn't justify the budget. And one of their brands is a a male skincare brand, and they want to give men advice on what conditions to use the skin product for and when to use it, and they couldn't get approval to set up this call center. And it was a big problem because men don't want to ask inside the pharmacy someone, hey, is this right for this condition and what do I do? So they found sales were just stagnant. So what they did is they came to us and said, we want to put on the product any questions, any advice, in-store, want to know what's going on, send us a message, we'll guide you through. And we spun it up for them and they saw sales increase 300% quarter over quarter. 
And that was because there was now this virtual call center, very cost efficient, that was programmed with all sorts of information. So the idea of spinning up these virtual bot-based call centers to give advocacy advice and drive revenue is something that we think is going to be a whole new wave of drug-to-patient interactions going forward. Call centers make a lot of sense in healthcare. What are some other use cases that you see in healthcare for chatbots? We have brands that are doing loyalty programs using a chatbot. Content, dissemination, you want to see how to apply this product, you want to watch a video about it. The, the bot has content, a lot of it, that can just pull and send to you obviously support and care. There's a very, very strong use case around interactions between the pharma company and practitioners. So the medical professionals who are also phoning call centers. And that is where automation and this quick, quick access to information from the doctor is so important and where we're seeing a lot of usage with these bots and streamlining that communication and helping the doctors understand what's new, what's relevant, what they should and shouldn't do. And we're seeing that become another great use. And as we uncover more uses between the pharma or the drug company and the practitioner, we'll keep programming the bots to add those use cases. You've spoken a lot about the different relationships between, let's say, patients and the chatbots and HCPs and the chatbots. But who are these users? Um, What kind of generation do they fall into? Are they millennials? Are they baby boomers? Does everybody flock to this? Do you see it favoring one generation as opposed to another? So what we've started seeing is pretty rapid adoption of messaging by the boomers and the what they call the, the silent generation. And that is predominantly because of their comfort level with messaging now for them to interact with their grandchildren who are the Gen Z, the the Gen X, the millennials, they have to actually message with them because their grandchildren aren't answering the phone. And that behavior change has meant that they're happy to use it for other means. Remember, chatbots bring utility and if they want to find out about the drug and any information about it, they can either sit on the phone on hold or they could message and now that they're comfortable with messaging so what we're seeing is this confluence of all these these positive little bits of either external factors or behavior changes that is making messaging so widely adopted and everyone's using it now that chatbots conversational interfaces messaging are becoming more and more a part of really the fabric of healthcare and and other industries our everyday lives where do you see where do you see all this in in 2 years 3 years from now i see more mature more functional chatbots. I see them replacing websites entirely. And we're starting to see that in China where everything's happening in WeChat. No one goes to websites anymore. I see them replacing apps. I don't think people will download apps anymore. Everything you could do within an app, you can do within the chat because we support process transactions, microservices, and all this cool technology buzzwords. Chatbots can do everything. We're at the beginning stages of what chatbots can do. It's really information, content, updates, microprocessors, backend processes that I've described. But the future can be really anything. And it's exciting because automation, which is really what this is called, we're automating what was otherwise manual, becomes a revolution. We saw it with the industrial revolution, then we saw it with the digital revolution. Now we're seeing an automation revolution. 
And what that will do is it will make life more efficient. It will make people more productive. It will help people develop new skills so they can move from jobs that robots are taking over from them into other jobs and other places where we haven't even thought of new industries and ways for human intellect to be applied to. Remember, consumers are in full control now. So if a brand wants to maintain their interest and keep the consumer buying from them, then the brand has to be there when the consumer wants them to be there. And that's this on-demand concept, right? Will there be augmented reality bots or bots that pull you into virtual reality? Probably. What does that look like? I have no clue, to be honest. We just focused on doing what we do now as well as we can. And we just know that these bots will mature and evolve and will adapt to what consumers want. If they want to talk to the fridge and the fridge has to be a bot, We'll make that happen right now. They're happy to just message from their phone. And, you know, there's a bigger picture here beyond chatbots. And I guess sort of the, the broader human behavior, I'm thinking of voice assistants like the Alexas of the world. And do you see sort of the messaging-based interactions and voice-based interactions as part of one sort of bigger trend in terms of how brands are communicating with customers, or do you see them divorced in different ways? That's a really great question, Kieran. So I ultimately see convergence of all these, let's call them IoT, Internet of Things types of devices, everything connected digitally. Where that will end up will probably be some immersive virtual reality, augmented reality, neural net type of interface. We hear Elon Musk talking about the brain connecting to machines. We're a long way out from that. And until then, while I see ways to try have in particular messaging and voice assistance connected homes working together, I think for the next few years, they will be separate experiences. Companies like Pipestream are finding ways to bring those technologies closer together right now. With Alexa in particular, what we do is we let the customer talk to Alexa. That voice packet is sent through and converted to text. And then the text pushed through as if it was written by a customer as a message to the system. And then our system gets the text, figures out what to do through rules and the different natural language understanding that we've developed comes up with an answer and sends it back. Alexa's back-end system converts that text back to voice and now becomes an audible experience to the customer. So if a brand comes to you and says, what are the benefits of a chatbot? How do you answer that? The benefits are, I mean, there's numerous. Firstly, it's tremendous cost reduction because the bot's probably doing what humans were doing and the bot costs fractions of what you pay in salaries. Secondly, you provide the customer a messaging experience and that's what they want. So bots do messaging. Thirdly, they're very intuitive. They're very personalized. They talk to each individual like they know the individual and they're programmed to have that empathy and have that conversational tone that is in line with A, the context of the conversation, but also the person's sentiment. Is it negative? Is it positive? Are they stressed? So that's really important. Then there's this idea that bots are always there. You can find them on your phone. You can find them while you're sitting in front of your PC. They're software that's sitting in the cloud. So all you need to do is be on the internet, which everyone's on, and open up the place where you're told to find the bot, a website, or I mean, generally a website, and the bot's there. So you don't have to download it. It will identify you. It will have your entire conversation log there. 
and you just feel you're in this continuous conversation with the brand, just like we feel when with our friends and family on WhatsApp. So those are just some of the benefits. Satisfaction levels go up, loyalty increases, costs are reduced, the benefits are, are unlimited. On the flip side, what are some of the naysayers saying about bots? What are some of the challenges you face in terms of brands adopting them? There's different ways to approach, and I'll use the misunderstanding angle as my, as my starting point here. Naysayers are often the same people that confuse AI with chatbots or cognitive services or neural nets with chatbots. And the market or themselves are confused thinking that a chatbot is using all this fancy AI that can go awry and give bad answers and misalignment and inaccurate answers. And that's really not the reality. The reality is that a chatbot to start just needs to have answers to questions which are asked anyway, and that can be programmed. As use cases evolve, the chatbot can be advanced or increased in its services and its features to give more AI-based answers, but that only gets done after a lot of information is used from historical interactions or current interactions to program the engine so that the answers can be more accurate. So I think what happens is a lot of the naysayers take this two-year-out concept of AI, bring it to the present and say, you're going to have all these problems. And we're saying, no, it takes two years to get to the full AI open system. We consult, we handhold, and we take you all the way through the journey to get there. And by doing that, no issues. If you start with an open AI, answer any question, you'll get the right answer. You can ask what the meaning of life is and the bot will tell you it's going to fail every single time. And no one can solve that. And I don't think anyone's going to for a long, long time. And I guess the, the other point is really around the robotic nature of a chatbot's perception. Well, the nice thing about bots, and certainly with what we've done and as part of our patent, is we've created the ability for bots to speak to different people in different ways. Bots speak different languages. They understand slang. They can respond in slang if it's you know, a, a Gen X or someone who prefers to even be spoken to an emoji. I mean, we've got an emoji bot so that it really provides something really personal and, and, and very engaging. So that, I'd say, is the biggest challenge is the robotic nature of it that makes it feel too mechanical and helping the market understand the difference between AI and chatbots. Yeah. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life, Kieran, is to be a good bot. <laughs> that's what our bot says. So what is the meaning of life? It goes, well, that's a really good question. The meaning of my life is to be a really good bot so that I do the best job possible. And then it says, what do you think the meaning of life is? I think that's a microcosm of like seriously what makes the bots successful. It's I'm going to be focused on my job and, and not open it up to anything bigger than that. Correct. Thank you for cool. joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, guys. This is a wonderful show, and I hope that this provides value to your listeners. And what you're doing here, patience and purpose, is tremendous. So thank you for having us. Feelings mutual. Thanks for thanks for being a part of this. So that was our conversation with Richard from Pipestream. Big thanks to him for painting a picture of what the future might look like with uh, chatbots leading the way. I agree. That was a great conversation. I want to thank Richard for joining us today. It was an absolute blast. I hope our listeners enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you're curious about some other digital trends happening in the space, follow us, Patience and Purpose, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. <laughs>